And, uh, and, uh... We go back to the land of ancient Sparta today. A land ruled by two kings. And those kings today are Jackson Coke and Justin Sido. Welcome, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, thank you. I like mm, it. Yeah, yeah for real. Now, um, thank you so much for doing this. Justin Sider, it's your first time doing the podcast. Yes. Yeah, and we have Jackson Coke on for our repeat guest. So, Jackson Coke is like moving up the ranks of the degenerate mafia with yeah. her second appearance. <laughs> Yeah, up with Ruby now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. the muscle man. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's well, the one I was saying to breaking Moss, in skills. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> I was saying to Jackson earlier off stage, like, you're looking kind of yoked these days, dudes, from last time. These days? <laughs> Jackson's <laughs> always been yoked. Yeah. Um, I... We did a number once together in tank tops, and I'm still recovering um, from like my years, insecurities. No, it was actually it was amazing. I just got to be near the biceps for nice. a while, which is nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Now, Justin, uh, quickly, everyone knows Jackson and Kogan on the podcast at this point. I feel like Jackson's like probably... Jackson's in our top five most streamed episodes. Oh, look at you go. Can wow. I swear on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we say a lot worse than that. But, um, that's, you know, that's mad. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. everyone's familiar with Jackson Co. And I would quickly like for you to tell people how long you've been doing drag. Yep. And uh, how you came up with your name to start with. Sure. Um... So, my name is Justin. I use he, him pronouns, and I've been doing drag for four years, mm-hmm. just. Um, I started doing it properly after I got top surgery um, in 2018, and so I got top surgery in 2018 in November, and then in 2019, I, like, hit the ground running with, like, doing drag, um, and, yeah, so it was really fun and really enjoyable, and... Um, a really great way to celebrate being trans mm. and exploring gender and whatever that silly thing is. Um, it's a bit cooked. And I came up with the name Justin because I wanted to be Justin because I was kind of emulating Justin Bieber slash Justin I Timberlake. It. I see it. Like that kind of energy, you know, mm-hmm. very pop star boy kind of wears caps, bit of a fuck boy kind yeah. of thing with a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Justin, well, just in something. So maybe we're just in your mom or just in your pants. And we were just seeing everything, ideas back and forth, my partner and I. And then we kind of, we didn't really settle on anything. We were like, oh, we'll keep thinking. And then we went to bed and then we were just about to fall asleep. We were like drifting off. And my partner just kind of went, woke up and went like... <sighs> Cider, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're a genius!" So, and we were gonna spell it with a C, which people always misspell it with the C. They always go just inside like a drink, um, which and every time I have to be like, "Excuse me, sorry, you've, uh, you've misspelled my name," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, sorry." Um, so we we stuck with the S because we wanted to be it to be really clear that mm-hmm. it was uh, a bit filthy. Um, sometimes I regret it these days because I've been doing some some family friendly events. And uh, I have to kind of change it up for those ones. <laughs> but um, interestingly, the queers rarely get it straight away. It's usually the conservatives that get it as soon as they read it. So well, it's impressive. It's the classic. Um, <laughs> it's the classic. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. He was at my mum's wedding. Um, what's the fam- that famous Aussie singing comedian? Oh, does it look like Kevin Bloody Wilson? That's oh yeah, the one. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he had that song, Dick Insider. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go the full other yeah. end of the spectrum. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, he was at my mum's wedding. That's crazy. That yeah. is mad. Yeah. And I've never met him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even though oh, you weren't there. No, I was not born yet. No, oh, right. No, okay. No, this yeah. wasn't a later wedding. Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, my mum still had six kids to get five other kids to get through before she got to me oh yeah yeah so she just didn't get it right the first five times yeah yeah, yeah well, I, I don't think she got it right the sixth time either. <laughs> uh yeah i just feel like at that point she was like i can't keep doing this you know <laughs> it's like there's only so many times you can keep abusing an xbox until it's like i'm gonna turn you off for the night you've blowed in that cartridge too many times <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't keep restarting this fucking thing, you no. know? Now, um, two things I'd love to cover, because I interviewed Matthew Pope recently. Nice. Now, I've seen uh, briefly images of your performances, and I've seen Jackson and Coke perform quite a few times. Now, both of you are very physical on stage. Now, I know Jackson Coke trains like a madman. Um, now what do you do for training like what do both of you do for training is like there anything in regards to that like how many days a week are we talking how many hours are we talking what does the training involve like if you can sum it up Uh, yeah well for me because I do circus I train so at Connecticut I train 12 hours a week Um, and then outside of that I usually do between uh, six to eight hours right. in my own time, um, which <laughs> which sounds like a, a lot, I guess, but it involves a lot of like rehab exercises, stretching, mm-hmm. working on skills, and a lot of those skills I work on for my drag performances, especially to make them safe if I'm doing them, uh, say, at the court stage or something, because that is a risk. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically for me mostly circus training. And you, Justin? Jackson's an absolute unit. It's yeah. amazing. I, I did enjoy Jackson's sloth number that they did, where <laughs> at one point they did like a slow-mo dolphin dive. Now, a dolphin dive, for those playing at home, is the move that is very uh, associated with Channing Tatum and Magic Mike when he does that little like kind of body roll onto the ground where he lifts mm-hmm. himself up with one foot. So Jackson did one of those in slow-mo. So, like, I don't think people quite understand the level of strength that takes to dolphin dive in slow-mo, to maintain that kind of core strength, to go down and then back up again, all in slow-mo. Um, it was Such very cool. It was so good. It was so good. Um, for me, I don't do nearly as much um, training. I am a busy human with too many office jobs as day jobs, so it's hard to sneak in and around that while also doing all the drag admin. But I just kind of do it sort of intuitively. Mm-hmm. I see exercise as more of a mental health thing than like a something I um, do as regimentally as I maybe could be doing. Um, so I'll like bear crawl around my apartment block and like do push ups at the park and then go to the dog park and chase dogs around. And then if I get a bit like fidgety at my desk, I'll do like 25 squats, but I don't really necessarily sit there and smash out an hour. Um, but I did get really into, to weights when I was, when it was kind of COVID Mm -hmm. like lifting weights. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I just do a lot of body weight exercises because it's really good for drag because when you have to drop into a dolphin dive or do a push-up on stage it's good to be able to do that and not walk off stage like i saw some promo for your uh for your dickless show Mm. 
Justin's looking pretty yoked, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thick boys. Yeah. A couple of thick boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw the, what was it, the thing comparing asses with Freddie B. Perfect. And I was just like, yeah, you're looking pretty in good shape there. And <laughs> Thanks, very Naturally jealous of the situation you find yourself in, you know. But, um, yeah, that's just me. Thanks, man. Um, I just eat a lot of bread. Yeah, I eat a lot of bread. <laughs> Carbs, carbs, <laughs> carbs and squats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much my recipe. Steak, yes. steak and deadlifts. That's yeah. pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Now, um, I want to talk to you in regards to what do you do? Because I was talking to a comedian about this recently and I touched on it with Matthew Pope. And I'm very curious to know what other performers kind of mental prep before a show is. Now, do you guys have any pre or post show rituals that you do? Can be anything. Like to sum it up simply, like my my pre-show ritual is it's like I'm always just rehearsing jokes and like I'm thinking like well, how can I word this differently. The day of the show, I always insist on having a workout, and it's a workout to the point where it's not physically good for you. It's really just more of a like I'm. It's like I'm. Like you're throwing up. Yeah, you know, just yeah. getting to that point because it's like you're I clenching your butt cheeks together, so your butt holders. Pretty and all much, that. pretty much. Right. It's like I feel like if I if I can get through this ordeal, <laughs> then stand up set's not going to be too bad. And then the second part of that, like with the post show ritual, if the show goes well, which thank God it usually does for me, I reward myself with a single cocktail. Oh, yeah. Um, if it goes badly, then I have like either a gin or a vodka or a whiskey on the rocks. And then it's like, right. that's why, you know, if you see me after a show having like a whiskey on the rocks, like, it's oh, like, I don't oh, Alex, what's going on, mate? He's in such a mood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark days. Yeah, exactly. So do you guys have any like rituals like that for yourselves? What do you what do you have, Jackson? What do you do? I'm curious. I'm taking uh, notes on your workouts, and now I want to know your future. <laughs> uh, I actually do have a few things that I always do because it's just kind of a um, yeah, ritual for me. Uh, so I drink Coke Zero, but on the days I perform, I'm allowed to have Coke with sugar. Oh. You know? Oh, yeah, spoiling myself. <laughs> Wild one over here. I know. Oh. I know. Um, I also always have to wear my I've got a Jackson Coke jacket that I made myself nice. that I have to wear whilst I'm doing makeup and to the venue like a um, charm yeah so like if I can't find it I panic I'm like I need this um, and then I uh, well before I go on the stage usually when I'm at the court looking at myself in the mirror I over exaggerate my performance whilst I'm side stage like over the top so then when I go on stage I like dial it back a bit so I always make sure I go through the song completely like 250% right. <laughs> over the top um, and then on the way home I always get myself a coffee right yes, yes. and they're, they're my like rituals Nice. I like that. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of caffeine. Oh, yeah, yeah I love some caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Black yeah. coffee. Yeah. 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 Jackson's got a dance background, so you're like oh, yes. well into those rehearsals. Oh, like, yeah. Got it. Yeah, hell yeah. That's that's a vibe. Um, yeah. yeah, I I guess like I'm, I'm picturing like when I'm at the venue pre-show routine. Is that kind of, yeah, I think because the day of I'll try and like eat relatively healthy so I'm feeling like not like weighed Shit. down and bloated and mm. miserable um and 
Um, I usually do my face in a shirt that I got from my nana, which is just like from her wardrobe. Um, and there's something really nice about wearing it because I did a lot of dressing up at nana's house. Um, and so it's kind of funny to be dressing up in her clothes like still like years like, like when we were kids we did a lot of dress ups her house so it was pretty cute and and doing drag is like doing dress up for a living so <laughs> it's kind of fun um and but when i'm at the show i don't usually run my numbers beforehand unless there's some really hectic cory in there especially in like a group show or something i'll probably run the steps a few times because i don't want to mess it up and look silly um but i typically i i see my performance as like an explosion of energy so I don't really rehearse at all before I do the show, especially a dolphin dive, as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> because I like to have all my strength ready to go for that big dolphin dive. Right. I'll usually avoid doing it two days beforehand just so I'm like, boom, look at that. That was two days worth the dolphin dive right there. Mm. Um, so I like to save all my energy for the number itself, mm. but I will smash out 10 to 20 push-ups right before I go on stage. It's like a thing. People will turn around and be like, Justin's doing push-ups. And um, it's kind of slowly but surely spreading through the community as a thing that happens before a Justin yeah. show because I like to have my pecs looking as beefy as possible. Nice. And also it helps to break some of those nerves down. Nice. Anyway, that was a little monologue. Um, but the after bit, I just, I, I don't know, I just enjoy seeing people and spending time with the community um, and maybe getting a hot pretzel. No, oh, oh, yeah. pretzel place. Pretzels. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, I got some stories about that pretzel stuff. <laughs> uh, Can't go wrong with hot pretzel. No, no, you really cannot. Oh, God, that pretzel stand takes me back. So many stupid, stupid nights out there. Um, all in good fun, though, as we say. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that and you, you uh self-admitted to you know going around and you know giving the homies a kiss oh yeah uh, consensual smooch consensual smooch have you seen that like i have not experienced that i'm justin cider has his own uh street talk interview very much like uh, james's interview oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh, more of that interview will be coming Uh, (laughs) 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 i'm never no one's ever going to top bisexual james's street interview that was Very exceptional yeah, it was incredible yeah, I was able to yeah. top James <laughs> well, that's not true from that uh, video yeah, 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 yeah apparently he just lets anyone top him yeah, be like, yeah and then he'll go back to the club for more yeah greedy boy James now um one thing I'd love to talk to you about is in regards to your attitudes in for responsibility to the audience now, by this, I, I think this carries, especially on stage, obviously, because at the end of the night, I feel like we're very lucky that we have an audience out to come and watch us. So we owe them a debt of like, you know, we're going to try and put on the best show that we think you will enjoy. And uh, comedy, that's kind of like a, a, a gray area because in, in one sense, most comedic or the audiences want to be challenged they they want something they raise their eyebrows at a little bit i think drag in you know i can see that people certainly want to raise their eyebrows in drag where you know you get people yeah. <laughs> people people are doing these wonderful things on stage with their bodies and their makeup and their dance and people are like Gee, these people are really going for it you know putting in a lot of effort in um so the I mean, that's kind of the way I see that. 
But uh, do you think like we we owe the audience something at the show? And then post-show, after the show, even like out of the venue, I've thought this because some ownership has to be taken for the show. Now, people have come up to me after show. People have come up to me on separate days from a show. People have recognized me in the street and they come up and they say, I loved this show, yada, yada, yada. And they bring up a joke. And this is a joke I would not normally say in public. (laughs) They just brought it up at, you know, when I'm in a cafe surrounded (laughs) by people. And I'm like, in one sense, it's like, yeah, it's appropriate. And it is probably a little bit of space violation. But in another sense, I think, no, I have to take some ownership of this. This audience member doesn't know that I'm not a foul-mouthed degenerate most of the time. So I think it's like responsibility to give the audience a show and then ownership of our show afterwards, you know? What would you say to that? And weigh in. <laughs> that was a lot there. Um, I guess for me, I feel like my responsibly, responsibility on the stage would, I just want to go out there and make sure people forget for whether that's three to five minutes, they'll, whatever worries they're having mm-hmm. and just, yeah, I feel like I'm responsible just to give them what they've come out for that night mm-hmm. because they're, you know, they have come out to watch some drag or to watch whatever show they're watching and, um, yeah, I guess that's what I find is my responsibility on the stage. I'm not sure afterwards quite never really thought about it. <laughs> Mm. It's an interesting one as drag performers because, and I, I wonder if this might resonate with you as a way moving forward for your comedy. But I guess for us, like we're in character when we're mm-hmm. doing drag. Like Justin is on stage, Justin is performing, and when I walk off stage, take off my costume and my makeup, I'm not Justin anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I were to run into someone in a cafe and they were like talking about drag in that way I wouldn't then be Justin in that moment Mm -hmm. like I would be myself because I'd be at a cafe minding my own business having a gay old time um so I would happily talk with them about the performance and what they liked about it and I think in those moments I focus on their experience of it and what they enjoyed about it and who they are and what they got out of it Mm. and and I don't then slip into Justin in those moments does that make sense yeah definitely and I Mm. think because it is more a mask definitely especially myself I have a lot of people who, when I do say, oh, I'm Jackson Coke, because they haven't recognised me because I'm out of drag, they're like, oh, I had no idea because they've met me that many times mm. in drag and I do <laughs> present very differently. Mm. Um, that it is kind of, yeah, we do have, we, you're not in drag anymore, so you don't have that responsibility, I guess. Yeah, and like in the same way that like, I feel like Justin, for me, emulates like a lot of, um, sex and sexuality for a lot of the performances, um, some comedy and things like that. But like, you know, if I was at a cafe somewhere, not in drag and they were responding to me in the same way they would during the stage number, like, you know, oozing sex and sexuality like that, it would kind of be a bit weird and a bit, um, just drop into a dolphin dive in the cafe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like for both of us in some way, drag is, is a celebration of, of, mm. of, everything that's queer and also storytelling and and a performance but um yeah I I I think it's it's really nice to have that separation Mm. Mm. and to be able to be like you know I'm in Clark Kent mode right now and if you want to find Superman 
see you at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. That yeah. Makes sense. yeah. No, that's, no, that sums it up very, very well. In, in regards to what you said where comedians can relate to it, it's probably much difficult for comedians to relate to it. Because as you say, Clark Kent, it's like, look, I have hung around Jackson Coke quite a bit, but I remember the first time I met Justin Sider, uh, the Justin Sider, the Superman Justin Sider, <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah, the, like, I'm trying to sum up what your look was like. It was very... Ooh. I can't quite put a description to it, but it was very cool. I loved the look. It was, I believe you tried to teach me twerking in the middle of the street. And, oh, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I was like, nah, nah, my back's too blown out for that. I'm too <laughs> old and everything's too stiff. Um, and yeah. Stiff, oh my. <laughs> I can't even stiff. make that joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. God damn it, yeah. What am I doing being a stand-up, you know? But, uh, and then I see the version of yourself now. And I do in- entirely see what you mean, though. Whereas comedians, though, it's our name, it's our face on the brand, where it's, it's like wherever we go, I feel like we do have to take some ownership of our product. Certainly, mm. I, I certainly I feel that way mm. um, in, in regards to it, like you're always in comedy mode. You're always doing that. But like, that must honestly be a nice part of drag where like you get to, get to disrobe your character, so to speak. 100%. Yeah. So in, in regard, what's, what's that feeling like in regards to when you, you, sh- you shed your skin, so to speak. How's it feel for you, Jackson? <laughs> uh, Describe I mean, it in detail. What are you wearing? As you derobe right now. <laughs> This, uh, this is not an OnlyFans episode. <laughs> I've forgotten the question now. How the does question? it feel to, to, to take Justin off? Justin, sorry. Jackson off. <laughs> sorry, look at that. You can do that all the time. How does it feel to I take know. Jackson off? Um, uh, it, it is a relief at times because, like, as much as Jackson's that part of me in which I've always been scared to show, like, I'm not a funny person. Um, like, Jackson is can do some comedy, like good physical comedy on stage, um, and I'm obviously very confident on the stage. But off the stage, I'm not the most confident person, and I don't, you know, try to be physical or present much physical comedy off the stage. So it's a relief and um, to like kind of take that off and just be chill, mm. be quiet, be <laughs> a little bit of a fly on the wall at times. So yeah. I, I enjoy both, well, both sides, obviously, but just to, like, go out in the club and... Yeah, so you're saying it's kind of like you don't feel forced to be out there and to be yeah. comedic and to be Definitely. loud. Definitely. It's kind of a relief for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, nice. How about you? Yeah, I guess for me, it's sometimes it's like um, you don't want to take it off. You know, that kid that's got that that tutu on mm-hmm. that's like, not five more minutes, and they, like, mm-hmm. refuse to shower for a week because mm-hmm. they don't want to take their princess dress mm-hmm. off. It's kind of like that, you know, you, you do a really good paint um, of makeup and, you, and you're and you wearing a really fire costume and you're just standing in the mirror in your bedroom like, oh, my God, like, yeah. I feel like I... I feel myself right I feel now. like yeah. a million bucks. 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. just looking and going, don't, no, I need a shower, I need a shower, like, but not. God damn, I look so good. Yeah. One time I knocked on my sister's door in a, in a Halloween costume as Justin, and she said, like, oh, I wish I could send a, a, a 
you know, a time travel package to your childhood self to just compare the terrible costumes you were wearing at Halloween to what you're wearing now, just to like give your small <laughs> self help, like hope and help. <laughs> um, but then sometimes it's it's like like Jackson said, like it's a it's a small relief in that you can kind of hide away. Although now that I'm doing some things online where I'm not in makeup. I'm finding a few people around town can recognize me when I'm not in slap, mm. um, which is interesting. So I kind of have to mind my P's and Q's wherever mm. I go, which is good. Um, but so sometimes it's nice to be able to just, yeah, I, I like I like to make the joke, you know, I, I get on stage and I look like a man and I, I do all these sexy man routines and then I go home, take my beard off and get my period. <laughs> And it's like, and that's, and that's drag. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that works, man. And that's what makes you more of a man than most men, all right? It's like, boys, you try and put that face of makeup on and go home and get your period, all right? You won't fucking do it, nah. you know? yeah. No, but um, that pretty much, like, sums it up. But that reminds me of, like, I was talking to another performer, another drag performer. They were talking about, like, and, you know, I... I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term. You probably are. But they were talking about where you get this thing called drag addiction, where, like, you're addicted to the, uh, the persona that you mm. give it off. Because it's, like, it's a persona. It's a uh, it's an ability to, an ex- to express yourself that you cannot otherwise express, you know? And for me, that's what comedy is to a certain element. But I also think comedians, they expose 95% of themselves mentally to hide the other 5% of themselves. Mm. Um, and the character we play on stage is just an exaggeration of ourselves, you know? Mm. Like we uh, – I play this foul mouth, you know, drug-loving degenerate on stage. It's like that's not that far removed from the truth, you know? It's, it's like – there's a reason why I know all the references to drug culture and other kinds of culture. Uh, <laughs> we'll go into that. Uh, but uh, do you find that's true? Where it's it's like, do you think do you think other people have that thing called drag addiction or Definitely. performance addiction? Like, it's like you become so in love with your persona that you never want to take that off. I find in our community there is definitely some people you can look at. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for them um, if they struggle to take it off or if I've only ever really seen them in club settings and whether they are in or out of drag, they do um, present that persona constantly. Um, for myself, I don't find that. I definitely have a um, good relationship with Jackson, but I can also – you know, <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, turn it off and put the paintbrush down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's def- yeah. I think it's that's true. Some people. I think it's. I think there's definitely an element where sometimes you reach a point where you feel like people don't. Maybe sometimes you feel like the insecurities play up, and you feel like people don't want to see you out of drag. Mm-hmm. Like they don't place as much value um, in certain communities. Like um, in certain events I've been to in in Borlu. I've been there before I was doing drag and then I've been there after I started doing drag and the way people valued me really changed when I was there as Justin. Mm-hmm. So I was really invisible when I was attending as my human form, but then I suddenly became Justin and suddenly people wanted to talk to me and get to know me and, mm-hmm. and it was kind of this moment of being like, oh, I feel nice and wanted mm-hmm. and valued. But 
maybe they actually just want Justin. And mm. so that's a strange feeling. And sometimes, and I try not to think too hard about it and also just acknowledge that, you know, I would meet drag performances and be like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to hang out with you. And if I didn't recognize him out of drag, I might not just walk up to a stranger and be like, hello, I like your energy and you're a drag performer because how would you know? Um, and I feel like maybe for some people as well, especially if they're trans. Oh, sorry, you can say yeah. that. No, no, go on. <laughs> If they're trans, um, there would definitely be an element of not wanting definitely. to take off the costume because mm. it's especially if they're, you know, maybe a trans femme person and they're serving high femme drag, maybe they don't want to take off the costume because they're finding it really gender affirming. Mm. And I definitely see that sometimes as Justin when I've got like a particularly schmicko beard on. I'm like, oh, that's a bit nice. My jaw looks very sharp today. Mm. But um, no, I think I've really examined myself in a good healthy way and have a really good separation of the two mm. but yeah i can relate to that feeling of not wanting to feel like a nobody sometimes right. i mean i kind of like seeing my drag friends out of drag mm. the two reasons one like the first time i met jackson coke they were out of drag so mm. like that's how i associate jackson coke out of drag mainly but when they're in drag as well they're swamped by people everyone wants to get a fucking photo <laughs> Everyone's like, do a trick. Yeah, I just have to stand back and I'm like, I get to them at some point, you know. But like when they're out of drag, it's like they're incognito and no one recognizes them. I can just go up to them and I'm like, how you going, bro? Like, oh my god, are you Jackson Coke? Can I get a photo? Yeah, pretty much it. And so like that's like. Good luck getting hold of, let's say, Eleanova mm. when Eleanova's in drag. Mm. It's not mm. physically possible. Mm. Uh, good luck getting hold of BB Babau, like when they're in. Good luck getting hold of BB Babau. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the. Uh, let's just. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, baby. Um, but, uh, like, my point stands. It's, like, it's, like, incredibly difficult to um, come in and, like, because it's, like, I've met a lot of people in, in the drag community because I'm always in the city on Thursday nights and Thursday night's usually the show. Then, you know, I work late night hours. So, like, where do you go after? Where do you go when you close up work at midnight? Nightclubs. Mm. What's a nightclub that's open past midnight? Magnet House and Connections are the main ones. And so you go there and you hang out. Magnet House come way too close to getting my head kicked in there too many times. Not for anything I've done. Just, I don't know, there seems to be a lot of people who want to kick in heads there. Yeah. Which, you know, it's, I, I like my head the way it is for the most part. It's a good part. head, mate. It's a good oh, head. I don't know about that. It doesn't feel... Like what's rolling around there is great at sometimes, but uh, no, it's like I prefer it on my shoulders. Yeah. Um, but you go out, and because I've become friends with some of these uh, drag performers, and they a lot of so lot of them are so many of them are friendly, so many of them are lovely, and so many of them are, are amazing, amazing people. I love hanging around them and being, you know, viewing their culture and their entertainment. It's like it's it's really. It's really breathtaking, especially when you see how much effort they put into their performance. Because I remember the first time I wanted to interview a drag, I think it was just after the whole Will Smith Oscars fiasco, and I was just like, I don't have much... I, I think actors are kind of overrated performers anyway. 
And then I saw drags and I was like, these people do their own makeup. They have to perform. They have to be charismatic. They have to be charming. And they have to do it in outfits that look less than comfortable. And I was just like, these people deserve more praise than these fucking Oscar-winning actors. It's like, these people <laughs> have people to do their makeup for them. They have people to put their outfits on for them. They get direction. You know, it's, it's like if they fuck up a line, they can just do it again. It's like, you know, drags don't get to do that when they're on stage. So it's like, you can't, you know, go on stage and be like, let me just restart my, my routine again, guys. Can we run it again? Yeah, um. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, so uh, that's, that's kind of what made me want to interview drag queens because I was like, fuck the attention of these actors. You know, <laughs> they're overrated people anyway. They're just people with good haircuts who can rehearse lines, you know. Uh- <laughs> you do have a good haircut, Justin. Okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> but you were in a wig when I first yeah, met yeah, you, so yeah. that's not. No. It's not why I had you on because no, of your hair. That's fair. You know? That's fair. Yeah. I'll come for those twerking classes later. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, what was I saying? Not BB Babau, get being hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Something else. Something else. I need to quickly go to my notes. That magnet house. Oh, yeah, getting my head kicked in at Magnet House. That's another story. Yes. What would you two like to see more in regards to your area of performing? Ooh. You, can, you can start this one. Me? Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'd like to see more of? Um, just more kings. Oh, definitely. In general, just more kings. I think that we are getting to a point where we have so many amazing kings in the scene that it is very conceivable to see most drag shows have a 50-50 split between kings and queens. Um, Perth is interesting because we, the drag scene places a high value on dance and choreography, which isn't the case in all cities. Mm. Um, it's a real big focus in, in Borloo and you have to be able to dance at a really decent standard. And if you can't, then you struggle to get bookings, which is interesting. So, I'm really excited to see, um, and I love dancey shows. Don't get me wrong. I love a bit of curry. I, I have always wanted to do more dance classes and, and I think it's amazing how much dancing we all do. Um, but I think it's really exciting to see things like, um, Geneva's messy friends and the, the spoken word nights that Geneva is putting on where it's more about lip syncing to spoken word and, mm-hmm. and expanding on, on drag and lip syncing and what that can be. Um, and also more alternative events coming out. But I think the main thing I would love to see more in the drag community is just more um, events and spaces that are for AFAB people, so people mm. that are assigned female at birth. So lesbian events, um, women love women events, um, events for trans men, events that aren't necessarily, you know, first priority gay men. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have anywhere like that right now. There, name an event or a club that is specifically for that. It's it's very hard to find any. Um, and so I'm I'm really hoping that we can see that because at the moment for me, in in the scene, I don't feel like I really have a space mm-hmm. anywhere. There are places that I perform, but I don't think I have a space in any of them. And for me, that means that I. I don't feel like I'm in a room where there is a significant amount of people that share a similar experience to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a shame. And I'm, I'm excited to see more of that. And I hope, I hope that happens soon yeah. now that COVID is kind of on the way out. But mostly just kings, lots yeah. more kings. What about you, Jackson? 
Oh, yeah, just to follow up with that, um, diversity um, in all aspects, uh, uh, ethnicity, sexuality, gender, as well as different body types, different mm. styles of drag, mm. just just more drag. Yeah. Um, but also something I was thinking about the other day, um, I would love to see more baby queen, uh, baby drag artists, baby artists, um, take themselves less seriously. Yeah. Like take the art form seriously is fine, but taking them, a lot of them take themselves so seriously. And when you see them, that the um, rare ones that come out and they're just like, I'm not doing it to be a drag artist. I'm not doing it to get the attention. They're just doing it for themselves. And it doesn't matter what their wig is, what their costume is, and they're just enjoying themselves. That's they're the performances. I'm like, yes, more of this, please. Like, you'll get there eventually. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all still learning. We always grow mm. and get better. Mm. Um, but a lot of them are like, no, I need to be at this thing. Like, I have to have the best we and I have to have this right now. Otherwise, you know. Mm. And they just take it so seriously. And it's yeah. just, just let yourself go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Take the art seriously, but not yourself. It's hard though when the scene is so incredibly revolving around competition. Mm. Like we've got two regular nights that are competitions yeah. and then we have two big competitions yes. and then we have another event that's also a competition. <laughs> and so it's just it's all these events are competitions and yeah. so when they are, you start to compare yourself and I can understand. 100%. Like, it's yeah. very hard to go into a space. So it's really nice to see some events coming out now that aren't, event, that aren't competitions. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange little strange little world. See, mm. this is this. You mentioned so much about competitions. This is kind of where I get off, and and this is that sounded weird. Where I kind of get off. That, <laughs> no, sorry, isn't the only uh, fans. Uh, uh, <laughs> and this actually touches back on what uh, Jackson said about not taking yourself too seriously while mm. you're on stage. Um, it's probably why I get along with Lola Palooza and MC Heaven so well. Yeah. You know, they don't take anything seriously. They're great. <laughs> um, but uh, they, uh, like, it must be very difficult to have competitions because at the end of the day, what we do, whether it be comedy, drag, dance, obviously on some level, face value, you can judge it on quality, mm. but on another level as well, it's also art, yep. which means... All art is up for interpretation, right? Yeah. So doesn't that mean that, like, it, when every when things are up for interpretation, doesn't that make it more difficult to judge? Because it might mean something else to someone and it might mean something else to you. Yeah, 100%. And that's why making it... That's why judging it seems a bit like... It seems like a double negative. Yeah. You know? I do find, like... I mean, if you've seen any of my more comedic acts, I will I, have. <laughs> I will 100% do it for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it because, oh, the crowd's going to love this. I do it because I'm like, oh, this idea came up. Let's see what happens if I do this on a big stage. And I know sometimes I've gone out and I've done numbers like that and I've come second or whatnot that night at Drag Factory and people are like, oh, you should have won. I'm like, no. I didn't do it for the money. I didn't do it for the win. I did it because I'm like, this is funny. Let's do this. Mm. I This is enjoyable. And I, I won because I enjoyed myself. Mm. <laughs> You're the real winner here. I'm the real winner. <laughs> but, yeah, I, the amount of comments I've had, uh, and I have not been doing drag for that long, but, you know, people going, oh, you should have won or, you know, this should have had. I'm like, no, no, no. 
that's that's my art. I presented my art. If you don't like it or yeah. whatever. I'm kind of guilty of that for mm. the only reason mm. that whenever I see someone who's done the podcast on stage, it's like I immediately, whenever they come to stage, I'm like, yes, fuck them up. And I'm like, fuck them, win it, you don't. You know, and then yeah. like, yeah, so I get very passionate. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw uh, Miss Riddleham Queen mm. do, uh, well, Riddleham Queen, just Riddleham Queen now. Yeah. They changed her name recently, yes. so I'm still wrapping my dome around that one. God damn it. Um, and uh, when Riddle and Queen came to stage at Cherry Bomb, it's like that was, it's like I was laid back for everyone and then Riddle and Queen came up on stage. I'm like, fuck yes! Yeah. Don't do it! <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't realise you were performing that same night and then I'm like, oh, objection! Fuck yes! Yes! Get after it! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get very passionate when it mm. comes to associates of the podcast because, you know, now you're all associated with, now you're all, uh, um, squad. Yeah, you're all. Uh, you? PD squads. Uh, accomplices to my crimes. Yeah. <laughs> now, but it's so funny because I kind of, as well as that, on a more serious note, I do relate to you when you say where it's like you do it for yourself, because mm. especially as a comedian, because at the end of the day, especially when you're trying out a new joke, yeah, you never know what the audience is going to think of it. You never know, like, how they're going to react to it. So, at the end of the day, you have to... You, whenever you try something new, you have to just try it on the mm. basis that you like it and you think other people will as well. Yeah. And it's like, that. that's kind of where it, you know, flows from. So, like, on one sense, I can very much appreciate that point of, like, when you start out and you do something on stage, it's like you, it, it's got to be primarily from yourself. Mm. If other people enjoy it, fucking fantastic. Yeah. But like that, it can't start from there because if I was just doing what the audience enjoyed, I, a lot of jokes I wouldn't say. Mm. Yeah, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, it's I, I do I do very much relate to what you say though, Jackson. Mm. Now, one other thing I want to talk about. Now, I do not watch. Oh, mate. <laughs> I got a lot of old mates, Justin. Um, but uh, I do not watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, name is spoken. <laughs> yes. People are going to start throwing Molotovs at my house. But uh, I do keep a little bit up to date with it. Now, obviously, recently, uh, Victoria, like, you know, now I believe this is the first drag king that they've had on Drag Race. Is that right? The first time they've called it drag king and not just mask drag. <laughs> right. Okay. So it, it's like this must be a big deal for kings like to get this kind of spotlight on their craft or their element of the craft. I didn't watch it. Was this just a snatch game look? Uh, it was a runway look, I believe. Okay, cool. um, Thank you. Just there's <laughs> there's definitely been different opinions from def- different yeah. drag artists. So I interrupted that because I just wanted to get the context. I haven't actually seen the episode. Mm. Please continue with your question. Mm. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, so it was like a first drag king on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. It's like this must be very like... It must be very nice for other kings to have spotlight shed on their element of the craft. 
Would you say so? <laughs> Do you want to launch? <laughs> it's definitely it's a starting point. Um, it still doesn't like it doesn't fully represent what a drag king is, which is unfortunate. That that's our. I mean, it, it's yeah, definitely a starting point. I mean, if this is going to venture further into other, not just I think it was. Canada versus the world. I can't remember which one it was. Mm. I just saw Instagram post on it. Mm. If this does venture out into, you know, the, um, the American series or even the Down Under series, then that's great if we can get that representation. Um, I mean, I'm glad that the judges and the show and even the audience, it was all well received, which is, yeah great but <laughs> it's been a long time yeah long time coming <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's an interesting one i stopped watching drag race many seasons ago um coincidentally uh, at the same time lot of the more stopped watching which was when bimini was robbed of the mm-hmm. crown um <laughs> in uk drag race yep. um that was just around the time i stopped watching because it just it just stopped feeling nice to watch because again it's that competitive thing as well and and I just didn't love the energy that was coming out of the show and it was actually making me look at my drag in a way that I wasn't liking so I just had to take a step back from it Mm. um, and just remember what you were saying before Jackson about it being you know a celebration of art and expression and it's not about winning it's Mm. about um, enjoying and, and, and you know that's how I conducted most of my drag performances is I'm here to have fun and to make friends mm-hmm. and to represent my community um, and hopefully build more community through this. Um, that's what I always do. So on the one hand, I am grateful that we are seeing representation um, in any form mm-hmm. on Drag Race, but I would be cautious to call it a drag king mm-hmm. on Drag Race. So while I loved seeing Victoria Scone, is that her name? Victoria Scone. Yes. 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 Doing a drag king look. I'm cautious to call her a drag king because what she is representing is an AFAB person doing drag queen looks. So, and that's an important person to represent, an important community to represent women doing drag as drag queens. And for her to just do drag mask drag and immediately be called a drag king Mm. it just kind of shows that they're not really seeing her as maybe a drag queen Mm -hmm. does that make sense in the same way that we've seen drag performers on drag race do boy looks for years and no one's called them a drag king but suddenly a woman doesn't and they're a drag king so that's a bit odd um but i would love to see an just a drag king on drag race like yes walking in the door in drag as a drag king walking out that door in drag as a drag king yeah. and we haven't seen that yet so um i hope that this opens the door up to it and i'm so glad that she then went on to instagram and went look at all these drag kings and posted a bunch of her story mm-hmm. and it and it kind of exposed the ripple's drag race audience to drag kings who a lot of them don't even realize that they exist um so i love that she used her platform in that way but yeah, I didn't see a drag king on Drag Race. I right. saw a AFAB performer doing a drag. Queen. I saw a drag queen do a boy look. Right. So okay. yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that's that's no shade to Victoria's no, going, but oh, definitely I just, not. I think I think that's what I would call. I mean, she's not going to the clubs as a drag king. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not seeing, she's not experiencing the same things that we experience mm-hmm. as drag kings, which isn't always positive. So, 
I I would love to see someone that's been doing drag as a drag king mm. from the word go on that show right. because it would be an amazing thing to see. Mm. Really would change up the game. I think honestly that's what the show needs. Yeah. Freshen it up a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do feel like I've heard from people who will like know people on the show that like a lot of the drama on these shows is orchestrated. And I feel like if you had an entirely drag king based show, it'd be much more difficult to orchestrate. To so orchestrate drama, yeah. Uh, yeah because... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I think we'd all be just too kind. To I know, yeah. we'd like, be like, honey, sweetie, baby, you did great. Yeah. It's like the... They just split the prize money. Yeah. <laughs> just do the, rip the crown apart, throw it out to the yeah. crowd, throw it out. Full Mitch Mean Girls moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, I, I'm truly like, I know so many wonderful, wonderful queens, but queens can certainly be dramatic at times <laughs> and like i hang around kings and it's like yeah just lads being lads yeah yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> chill bro like, these, are, <laughs> and these dudes are cool you know <laughs> and like, and like, i could fucking drop a tab and smoke a billy with these yeah. and that's know? and that's the thing is that like the drag industry is a male dominated industry like yeah. just think about that for a second it's a male dominated industry so when i see a a woman go on drag race representing a drag queen as a drag queen and then the second she does a boy look they're like oh but you're now you're a drag king now it's like she's representing two communities mm. in the one person i'm like can we just get more people in there like yeah. she can continue representing afab queens and you know we can get a drag king in there as well yeah. well don't you think the other thing too is, is that too much emphasis is placed on on rupaul because in one sense, I'm a big believer where I'm a big believer in create your own opportunities rather than wait for opportunities to be given for to you. That's why I stupidly opened my own open mic, started my own podcast, <laughs> did my own shows, and a lot of other things too. Like before, I was ready. Um, there is no other place I feel more alive than taking on a challenge I'm not ready for, um, and. Uh, <laughs> Varying levels of success, granted. But uh, that's where I feel best about it, you know? So, like, I think, like... And again, like, this is obviously easier said than done. But, like, it would just be really cool, I think, because drag king art, it's like... It, it is, in many ways, a much more... It, it, in many ways, it's a totally different art. Because... Obviously, drag performance, most of the time, it's an inherently, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it's an inherently sexual thing. And the thing is, well, the way, the way um, feminine-based people uh, act sexual is totally different to the way mask people act sexual. So it's like a totally, like... A different kind of act in some way. RuPaul can't, like, really is not in a position to judge that as, mm. like, a form of master, because it's like, sorry, but, like, apart from when you take your wig off and we see your fucking bald dome, there's not really much mask about you, RuPaul, you know? It's like, there's, because it's, it's, it's a totally different form of art in so, so many ways. Like, sure, you know, you could compare them and say there are similarities, but, like, other than the title drag, 
there is so many differences between them that I can see. And I'm just a fucking layman, you know? Mm. It's like, I fucking am no expert. So, like, I truly feel like the move is not to get more drag kings on RuPaul's Drag Race. A layman's opinion, whose opinion means nothing, I just feel like it would be really cool just to see a drag king-based show. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, I could see Landon Sider doing something like that. I feel oh. like Landon Sider is the only king that has kind of this almost a level of platform that could launch something like that. Mm. Um, but I would also love – because RuPaul's Drag Race is has such an audience, mm-hmm. what I would love to see is – them use that audience to platform kings like mm. to just do like uh, if they can do like canada versus the world and these and they've got all these different judges and hosts like what about the same company um launching a drag king show or a show that has both drag queens or just drag artists in general and maybe rupaul is like the mc mm-hmm. or is just like a guest judge on a couple mm. of episodes so they're still using that platform to to launch kings into this this sphere um but yeah maybe it's judged by a bunch of kings yeah because there is dragula yeah other drag shows they mm. just they don't have the platform no that rupaul's created so. no yeah plus it's kind of it's dragula's like spooky like it's mm. it's a lot of spooky drag and and not everyone can do spooky drag it's mm. a very amazing art form dragula is incredible um don't watch it after you've eaten a big meal if you're squeamish um but shout out delphara for spooky drag yeah yeah but um yeah it'd be great to see because i think rupaul does allow multiple kinds of drag to kind of be in the same world although they do try and commercialize everything but yeah i just think i think it would be very easy with their creative abilities to slot kings into that yes (laughs) can't blame them for commercializing everything you've got to make your money somehow and they certainly are (laughs) (laughs) I'd fucking sell out pretty quick if I could. (laughs) Fortunately, I think I've shat on too many people to do that, metaphorically. Um, (laughs) I got excited then. uh, (laughs) Oh, goodness. You really do work in an office job. It's like, you sure you're like not like Patrick Bateman's long lost brother or something like that? Cousin, actually. Cousin. Uh, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, estranged. Uh, Don't talk to me about business cards, man. uh, Set me up. New car, what do you think? (laughs) Such a great scene. Um, For my next question, because I have a question that's specifically for you, Justin. But then to start off with, I have a question that really is for both of you, but it is a little bit like it goes a little bit more towards uh, Jackson, because I've seen Jackson perform multiple times, whereas I've seen you in drag and I'd love to see you perform. You are doing some French shows, aren't you? Mm, one. I'm going to come and annoy you. Um, <laughs> uh, I won't come up and talk to you, but I'll just like, I don't know. Maybe when you're out, like after the show, obviously, but maybe when you come out and take your bows, maybe you're like, I'll, I don't know. I'll laser, Squeal. Yeah, like I'll laser point you or something. Oh, no. Yeah. My beautiful oh, eyes. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but um, I'm curious to know, uh, like... When you think of a look, when you think of an act, when you think of a performance, where does the idea start from? Oh, yeah, please tell me. Because, you know, I can relate to this in jokes because all jokes, really when you think of a joke, you think of the punchline before you think of the rest of the joke. Oh, interesting. Um, Like, 
Well, maybe, no, maybe not necessarily the punchline, but the idea of a punchline. Mm. And you, you've got the idea of a punchline and then you need to flesh it out. Like, for example, like th- th- there was a joke I thought of recently, which was highly, highly questionable. But I have a grudge against older people. Okay. Uh, particularly like 50s onwards. I love my parents, but fuck them. Um, but uh, <laughs> like I have a particular grudge against older people. And so that's where this idea for a joke started. And the... Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Um, that's all good. The, so I thought of, like... thought to myself, like, older people... I'm sick and tired of older people saying the younger generation are easily offended. Mm. And it's like, why do you say that? It's like, oh, young people. It's like, you use the wrong pronouns. They get upset. It's like, you serious, you guys? A black person would have used the same water fountain as you back in the day and you would have gotten upset. It's like, talk about easily offended, you know? So, like, it's the hypocriticalness of it, I think, you know? And, like, also, it's kind of fucking true, you know? So, I do like to call older people out on their bullshit a lot because I have a... I don't know. I don't like older people calling out younger people because it's like, motherfuckers... You, you, like, fucked up the planet and you fucked up the economy. It's like, we have a right to fucking be salty about everything, okay? Mm. You know, so, fuck you. I am fucking ordering three pizzas in and playing Xbox all day on my fucking day off. I wonder if the younger generation will get mad at us for allowing the internet to become what it is and, like, absolutely oh, cooking our attention spans. <laughs> like, they were like, you sat back and let Instagram ruin our attention spans. It's your fault. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but good memes, though. Yeah. 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 Like, cost, benefit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we were too... Born too late to, you know, fight the wars that needed fighting. Born too late to explore the world. Born too early to explore the stars. But, fuck. We, we came into, like, a cultural renaissance Monarchy of memes. memes. Yeah. Great time for me. So, Jackson, tell us about your creative process. Yes. Creative oh, process. Yeah. I particularly want to know about the garlic bread. <laughs> King of garlic bread. Ah, uh, wait. Which number? I did two garlic bread numbers. Just, just in general. How <laughs> she did. Just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just in general. Well, my ideas usually come from sleep deprivation and um, <laughs> uh, early morning drives. Um, uh, I usually just listen to all types of music, and then sometimes something just comes up in my brain whether that be um just taking a song too literally like um never tear us apart that's how the garlic bread came about i was driving to circus at 7am in the morning or something ridiculous and the song came on and to get myself through the song i thought about garlic bread being teared apart and i'm like what if i could do this as a piece of garlic bread so then i listened to the song another like eight times and I was like oh, how could I be a piece of garlic bread um and then it was a very sleep deprived thought oh yeah. very very and yeah and then my yeah most of my ideas as if you've seen like uh, the garlic bread the bowling pin um number I've done recently any of those sorts of things I start with that idea and it's massive in my head like it's like a production show and then I'm like, okay, how can we realistically do this with whatever I've got around me? Um, so, yeah, from there I usually just have a look at my sources, see how I can do it with recycling materials because mm. um, my bank account usually doesn't like my big ideas. 
<laughs> it's usually like, oh, that's great, but no. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then from there I usually get a needle and thread and see what happens. Mm. <laughs> so it starts as a sleep-deprived idea. Yeah. I feel like that's where all great creativity starts from. Yeah. Uh, that or – sorry. I was going to say, where the sloth number come from? That's a good idea. I think it was just another – it came up on my suggested list of, like – because I've got Jackson's like Spotify list that I just mm. add absolutely any song that comes to mind, mm. and it came that song came on and I was like yeah nice and slow like a sloth, and I was like oh, and then I just poured a sloth onesie and then I just started sewing, getting it, and I thought oh, I could do this my brown stilettos put those on and brown stilettos yeah I was wearing stiletto heels thigh high <laughs> I haven't seen this sloth number. So I'm dying tonight. Uh, I might make another appearance in January. Yes. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, usually that um, sometimes I've come up with an idea I haven't done yet, so I won't spoil it. Um, when I've like disassociated in the club, I'm like, oh, Justin Bieber song has come on. And I'm like, huh. yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, you'll see that one. Make an appearance too. Are you going to dress as a giant baby and do baby? No. Uh. No. I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm I'm, tr- I'm thinking of every Justin Bieber song I've ever heard, and I'm like, what could it possibly be? Hannibal Lecter, yummy. Oh, okay. As nice. well as other components, but you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yes, we love a bit of yummy. It's yeah. a good song. Um, yeah, Matt. Nice. Thanks. Did you have any creative? What was the creative process for the first time I met you in drag? Yeah. Now I'd heard of you a lot before I'd met you. By the way. Like, oh wow. And it was all amazing. Was it my mum? No. Oh, yeah. um, Not this time. I would love to meet. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, like, I want to know what the, because it was like the, the red wig mm-hmm. and it was like the baggy gypsy pants. I feel like I feel like you were wearing baggy pants from memory. I was wearing like check green ones, yeah. Let's pull up this look. All right. Okay. Let's, we, we're going to the phones, guys. We're going to the phones. We need to, we need to confer on this look. Okay. Okay. Just turn that audio down. And then, okay, so this is, this was the look, okay, gotcha, yes, baggy checkered pants, so that's the look. Oh, yes, yes. And a very cool look it was. Thank you, Like, it was a fucking, man, it was a perler of a look. (laughs) I also love the caption my friend put on it, which was like, like, my friend was like, oh, so the person interviewed he looks like a pirate. I was like, yeah. And he was like, I could be his parrot, you know? So, yeah. I feel like that's a Halloween costume waiting to happen. A pirate and a giant parrot. Yeah, yeah it's cute. oversized fucking parrot. Yeah. <laughs> Want to be the parrot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Let's, let's go. Such a Jackson moment. <laughs> now, um, what, is, what was the creative process on that uh, look? It's like, because I don't know how to describe this look. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, fair to say, you do look a bit like a pirate, but I also feel like it's, it's got a bit of everything. I feel like it's kind of, um, it's a little bit steampunky. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's like a little bit, fuck, it is such an out there look, you know, like, I can't That's why we say, it. and that's drag. And that is drag. <laughs> that is drag, certainly. But that is like, no, 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 no. I can sum up other looks. Here's like, Delphira loves to dress like a goth goddess and like Jackson Coat, like 
Jackson Coke likes to dress as a lot of different things, you know, like Cookmeister. But like, you know, you can sum them up. Oh, King of the Garlic Break, the Sloss. Um, you know, uh, that'll be your competition. Exactly. <laughs> Who can be the king of the garlic bread? Donna Kebab, you know. What, what, does Donna, what would Donna Kebab like to Can't be? Like Madonna. Mm. She's Miley Cyrus. I mean, I've heard yeah. Donna Kebab refer to herself as like Queen of the Whores, something <laughs> along to that lines. Ruby Jewel refers to herself as Queen of the Thotties. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> She's so beautiful. Yeah. There's lots of things like refer to themselves, but like, and that all makes sense. It's like you were truly like a steampunk gangster. Like, <laughs> steampunk gangster. That's a yeah. new one. Thank you. Yeah, and it is like, did you ever play the game Dishonored? No. No, I feel like you would be a character in that game. Oh, okay. And it's a very cool game, by the way. So Thanks, that's man. It's no Disney Scrabble like the one you have in your bathroom. I was yeah. hoping we'd bust that out today. There's Scrabble in the bathroom? Yeah, Disney Scrabble. Yeah, that was used to uh, hold up the uh, washing, the dryer when it was hanging off its... Hinges. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we just bang the scratch box underneath it and be like, "That'll hold for a while." Yeah, um, half a year later, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, what was the inspiration behind this look? What would you describe it as? Um, I, I guess if we're describing it for the audience, that I'm wearing um a sparkly jacket that's like a it's like sequined silver sequined, and then I'm wearing a black silk shirt that's buttoned open with two gold chains over the top and then green check pants with uh, iridescent patches on them um, and a red wig. Yeah, like a red wet look wig. Um, this, this one wasn't necessarily – it's interesting because you were saying about your creative process. This this isn't necessarily like a I had a picture in my head and I, I made it. Um, I usually find – interesting pieces of clothing when I'm out um, quite often op shops like that jacket in particular is a hand-me-down from Sorry, my partner's really... my partner's um, Nana's jacket the silk shirt is from Zara and the pants are from Dangerfield now I've I've added I've embellished the pants with rhinestones and iridescent patches of um, trim so like pleather trim and they catch the light on stage so I'll just kind of piece together pieces of clothing that look kind of masculine but are really out there and different mm. and new and then if I especially if I, I get a lot of stuff from Dangerfield I very rarely wear something off the rack from Dangerfield I usually um, embellish it or add tassels or add rhinestones so that people can see ah Dangerfield but they don't see off the rack Dangerfield mm. because I like to to zhuzh it up a bit so that it catches mm. a light mm. um, but when it comes to my creative process for drag itself um i I, th I think more in kind of characters jackson you have this amazing way to look at a an, you know inanimate object or a food or, a, or an animal and give that a story and a life of its own and really the combination of the song with the idea is just like magic um i feel like with my stuff it's much more character driven um much more about like the sexuality typically right. um and then sometimes it'll be um a character that's comedic so i do a spoken word number about being on the bachelorette and then i do a and then i do a poet a poem and the poem is the poem so from 22 jump street when he does the cynthia like that that cynthia. whole <laughs> jesus died for our cynthia it's um and i lip sync to that 
and so that that idea was now I remember yeah 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 because I I was trying to piece that together I was trying to add that into a number but the poem itself was too short and I was like okay how can I fit this poem into a number that's going to be at least two minutes long and I was like well it's a poem so where would Justin as a as a character be reading a poem he wouldn't be reading it a poetry night. That's not really Justin's style. Maybe he's auditioning. And I was like, no, he's not auditioning. And then I thought The Bachelorette, like he's reading a poem on his like little talking bit in The Bachelorette. You know The Bachelorette when you meet the newest bachelor or whatever? No. Um, so if, <laughs> yeah, but, but no, I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so usually they'll have a little like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm Darren and, and I'm a tradie. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm really excited to be in The Bachelorette because like, yeah, I just want to like settle down, you know, yeah, I'm a country, and then it'll be like a montage of his life, and you'll just meet Darren. Trips to Bali. Yeah, I love trips to Bali, and um, yeah, I'm just, a, I'm just, you know, I'm really down to earth, uh, my friends say I'm a good dude, like that kind of stuff, but in this situation, Justin had an American accent because the poem had an American accent, and he was kind of, it was very spoofy in that he was like, I just want a girl with like at least 8,000 followers on Instagram, just like a minimum, and just like stuff like that, and that kind of pieced together in that, he was like, and I'm just going reveal like a really special thing which is my poetry and I don't usually show people but I'm going to show you and then the poem plays right. and then it kind of makes it sense together so I kind of think like characters and things like that so that's how I that's how I focus right. um you know my like coming up with numbers but usually I start with a song first like you mm. like I'll hear a song and I'll be like "Ooh, that's sexy I'm mm. gonna do a sexy number and I'll wear an outfit that I'll put together or I'll hear a funny number or a song and I'll be like "Ooh, I can see a silly character here so yeah. songs is the best place to start first i think it's really hard to find a song to fit a number yeah definitely so hard so hard oh thank god i was just gonna think up a joke that's <laughs> fucking hard enough <laughs> you guys make you guys sound like you got your work cut out for I, it. Di- I did do a, a stand-up comedy gig once for queer comedy with mm. alicia marsh um and they asked me to be the host and i was like what <laughs> You lucky motherfucker. And I was like, yeah, you yeah, want yeah. me to host a comedy night? I'm yeah. not a, I don't do stand-up comedy. They're like, oh, yeah, be fine. And I was like, okay, I guess I should probably do like a bit at the start. And I like sat down and I wrote a bit and I was like, okay, this is, this is okay. This is like, this is relatively good. I think, maybe. I, I've, I've done my best. I've done what I think is funny and it's a queer comedy show. So I'm going to make gay jokes um, about me and it's going to be funny. And the, and the audience was kind of small and they were a bit shy and I was first out because I was the host and I did my bit and there was like gentle tittering and I was like oh so I haven't really done comedy since because <laughs> it was just it didn't fall flat it wasn't like tumbleweed and crickets but it was still a bit like this feels like pity laughs you know what I'm gonna stick to just being a fuckboy on stage <laughs> Stick with what I know. Hey, I'll write jokes for you if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's all I do, all the time. Yeah, I can give you some feedback. Yeah, I can set you up with my friend Martin Darcy. He literally, all, all he does, all like, I write a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes I'm proud of. Martin Darcy doesn't do anything but write jokes. Yeah, well. He is, and he writes jokes for other people too. Yeah, right. He's like, professional joke writer that doesn't get paid for it. Wow. And uh, he really should be because he's pretty good at it. But yeah, Martin, that's a shout out for you. Go to Martin Darcy if you need jokes written for you because he's a funny <laughs> motherfucker. All right. But um, I'd like to come to because I got two more questions. One's just for Justin, mm-hmm. and then another one I want to cap it off for both of you, where we collectively come together and shit on audience members. Okay. <laughs> um, but I want to talk to you about you know being trans in drag. 
because, and again, this isn't a, a way to relate to you because I have no way of relating to being trans, mm -hmm. but I wonder if it, if you can kind of see what I'm getting at. So when I was, I grew up in, like my parents are, my parents have a great sense of humor, but my parents are also like very kind of conservative. And, but my dad was doing FIFO for like, I feel like my dad's done FIFO since the day he was born, mm. you know, like a hundred years. And, uh, so he's been around it and he's heard that sense of humor. Oh, I did FIFO for a long time. My dad loves hearing my jokes when mum is and my sisters aren't around. Then it's okay for him to hear the jokes. I was like, yeah, you can say, tell, tell me what you've been working on. But like... Other than that, like, it feels like I grew up in a place where my sense of humour was always like, no, you can't say this, time and place, yada, yada. And everything does have a time and place. But for me, comedy is like that outlet of expressing a part of myself that was limited in any other setting. You know what I mean? So, like, do you find it being a trans man and then you do drag king work do you find oh drag king performing do you find that in some sense is a way for you to express a part of yourself that doesn't normally get to be expressed because of like or any constraints mm. but mainly just time and setting constraints mm. it's like would you say that's the case um well just to like be First, clear. Um, I don't identify as a trans man. Okay. I identify as um, trans masculine, non-binary. Non so what that basically means for the layman is I don't really feel like I'm either end of the spectrum of gender, okay. um, but that I have transitioned and I do present in a masculine way. Right. So I had top surgery so I could get a masculine chest. So mm -hmm. I I see it as I've transitioned to look masculine, mm -hmm. transmasculine, but um, I'm not in testosterone. I don't use he, him pronouns when I'm not in drag. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't use the name Justin when I'm not in drag either. Um, I use my human name. So I use they, them pronouns. Gotcha. Huh? Gotcha. No, no, no. I won't tell, I won't tell the, the, the degenerate mafia, as you call them, my human name. Um, <laughs> but, I just use my name on it. So then that way I take all the flag. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I, I won't write on you, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I'm not in drag. But what I do like about drag is it allows me the opportunity to explore the end of the gender spectrum that is masculinity to an extreme extent. And it's really, really fun that people refer to me with he, him pronouns. They call me a boy's name. Um, they, I, I present and perform in a really masculine way. And I'm really like firm and confident in my manliness and my masculinity um and then i like i said before go home take my beard off get my period i'm like oh my god babe <laughs> it's just happened um and so for me gender feels like a ridiculous costume that we all put on every day mm. and drag really proves that to me um that if you just choose a name paint on a beard and perform masculinely people call you a boy mm. and if you put on a dress and paint your face and you know, color block your beard, people will call you a girl. It is a costume. It is a performance that we do every day. And it really helped me to solidify my confidence in that I am non-binary because I don't want to go in that extreme direction every day. I fluctuate in the middle, you mm -hmm. know, it's, 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 oh my God, girlies, what's the T? And then it's 
mate, so good to see yeah. you. Like it's it's whatever I want it you to be. Meet yeah. you in the bathroom. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, let's chuff some Thank barries. you for correcting me with the pronoun. No, that's okay. No. no, totally fine. Um, but so so it is like in some sense a an expression for you though, an outlet totally, for you to totally. express something. Yeah, yeah. It's a part of me that I oppressed for so many years because I was so scared of my transness and I was so scared of the fact that I mean I was always masculine presenting I was very androgynous as a young person and I was really insecure about that even though I was just still doing it I was like still presenting masculinely if someone turned around and went are you a boy or a girl I would just burst into tears because I was like I don't know the answer to that question Mm -hmm. um so uh it has given me the opportunity to explore that that fuck boy that confident manly energy that i was always way too scared to explore um and to and it is there's no strings attached so mm. i don't have to be like that all the time i mm. can just be that when i'm on stage and come off take my makeup off and even though this question was like, i definitely thought of you when i came up with this question mm. but like it's certainly something we can run jackson coke through as well mm-hmm. Jackson, now you, correct me if I'm wrong, identify as non-binary as well. Uh, gender fluid. Gender fluid. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that something as well, though, that you, like, it, it's a form of expression for you to express uh, another part of yourself in a fun way? Like, do you find that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you've ever seen Jackson, I'm definitely not as masculine presenting in... I'm still a drag king, but I do like to play on the gender fuckery of it all mm-hmm. um, and present as a king. Um, and I use he, him pronouns in drag. Um, but I definitely, uh, so just for those who are curious about gender fluid, because I know a lot of people were like, okay, got the non-binary thing, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and then people, when I say, oh no, I'm non, I'm not non-binary, I'm gender fluid. And people are like, what, this is another thing. It's like, God damn. <laughs> um, basically at any point, I'm never fully feel like I'm male or female or non-binary. I'm definitely prefer they, them pronouns because it, suits majority of the time how I'm feeling yeah. um but I sometimes you know will feel sick when people say she her and I'm like that's just right now that's just not how I'm I'm feeling um and it, it's very difficult to explain when you haven't been I guess in the situation of questioning your own gender mm. um but yeah I guess with Jackson I'm it has helped me discover that and realize when people use he him pronouns for me i'm like oh, yep <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah i'll be wearing you know the most glittery pink outfit with you know mm. high heels on but i'm you know presenting as jackson and they're like oh yeah he's blah 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 and i'm like yeah yeah i am <laughs> like that's yeah so it is good in that respect totally and, and i love that jackson is campy and feminine in his own way yeah. and like Definitely being able to feel so confident in your drag as drag king and suddenly I feel like I'm now reaching the end of the spectrum where I feel so comfortable in my drag that I do feel like I can be a little bit more feminine mm. when I'm Justin, but just in little ways, just to be fun and campy and, yeah. and change people's expectations because, you know, men can be feminine. Yeah. Definitely. You can do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do love that image though. Where it's like, because, you know, growing up in the country and then moving to the city and being exposed to different things, I do love the idea 
of um, it, it, it's a very funny image in my head. Like if I let's say us three go to a house party and you two are in drag, and then some mates from out of town from the country dates come in and they're like, Where are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm just in the back. And they're like, I've got a bag with the boys. And they come back and it's just Jackson Coke and Justin Sider there and they're like and they're like, No, no, these dudes are cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like yeah, don't worry about it. And it's like yeah, they're like these are pretty outlandish people. And I'm like, <laughs> just mean and garlic bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that could be a scene in a sitcom. I'm just got a bag of carrots, just yeah. just eating it. <laughs> I would love to do like a sitcom based around just late night workers and performers. So like hospitality comedians, drag queens, and strippers, and yep. fucking everything else on that spectrum, and it's just like. Yeah, be like, this is what we do during the day and this is what we do at night, you know? I'm just imagining one of the scenarios being like a burlesque performer comes to work the next day and he's like, can you come to the bathroom with me? And they're like, what is it? And they're like, they just rip open their shirt and they're like, I can't get my pasties off. Like, <laughs> they're like, babe, how long have you been wearing them? Three days. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> and the whole episode is them just trying to get the pasties off and these oh, like, series of ridiculous oh scenarios. And you could be a fucking comedy writer, damn it. <laughs> Martin, we have competition. Um, now, to there was something else I needed to sum up. You said something about shitting on the audience. audience. I remember that, but um, I never forget to do Great that. Great pastime. Uh, well, like this is, I find I kind of have the benefit of being a comedian here because when you're a comedian, the first people to come up to you after a show are the people who enjoy the show. Um, and typically the people who didn't enjoy the show, there's a part of them that knows they didn't enjoy the show. Like, l- let's say I have a show where I did great and I won 95% of the audience and there was 5% of the audience that didn't like the show because they're easily offended. What the fuck are you doing coming to a comedy show? Um, but, like, they'll come up and, like, they'll congratulate me and the people who enjoyed the show will come. The 5% will fuck off. Really, to... It's because they're fucking cowards. Because it's like, okay, so you don't, you're not even brave enough to make your fucking distaste known. But I feel like in drag, it's very different. Particularly, and from what I've heard, particularly, it's difficult for drag kings because it must be very difficult. As like, because I've heard like fucking women can get fucking way too over familiar with like touching and things like that guys can come up and like fucking get way too familiar for that so like it, it, would you say in your experience that thing is true because the thing is I've never had like during the show yeah I've had fucking bad experiences with the audiences after the show I feel like they they just fucking run away but from everything I've heard like fucking drag kings in particular have a very fucking bad time with audience members post-show. I was talking to Dallas Dixon about it, and, yeah, Dallas was like, hey, I've got all these fucking guys come up and hit on me, and I'll, I just feel like, do you ever feel the need to point out to them, like, man, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like you're fucking coming to the wrong door, you know? It's <laughs> like, you know? And it's like, do you find that in your field? What about you, Jackson? This is the garlic bread is irresistible. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. It's too tasty. <laughs> um, 
I've look, I haven't had too many issues. I've definitely had the, you know, uh, people come up and, you know, grab me and take a photo without consent and things like that. And I'm like, oh, guys, just, they clearly haven't been to a drag show before. Um, majority of the time I do have issues. It's usually their first time out seeing a drag king, let alone drag artist. Um, yeah, I don't really have any stories or anything. Mm. Um, I, I've had a pretty good run with audiences. I feel pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I hold myself in a way that is open but also clear about my boundaries mm-hmm. and try to be really friendly and kind to people. And if they, they do touch me or something, I, I kind of make it clear that that's not something I'm really comfortable with, but that I'm happy to have a chat. Um, so I've been pretty lucky in that way. Um, uh, Justin definitely, I've had some fun experiences at like lesbian events where I've come on stage and I was standing at a bar, um, trying to order a drink and this girl was like looking at me. They were like femme presenting. I, I should say, I'm not entirely sure what the pronouns were, but for the purposes of the story, I'll use she pronouns because it's funny because they were a lesbian event, clearly identifying as lesbian because they were looking at me really perplexed. And I was like, smiling at them. I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just a bit confused. And I was like, what's going on, babe? She's like, I just, I think you're really attractive, but you look like a man and I'm a lesbian. And I, I don't know how I feel about this. And I was like, it's okay, babe, just roll with it. Yeah. Like, it's all right. Don't think too hard about it. And the same thing with like gay men, the most gender affirming thing I've ever had is gay men be like, I think Justin's really hot. And I'm like, you mean you think I'm, and it just makes me feel so (laughs) euphoric because I'm like, you think I look so manly and masculine that you're attracted to me. And that just makes me so happy Um, because it's just like, yeah, gender and who knows. And sexuality is just a spectrum. And and I just love that it, it just, I like to, I, you know, I don't get too big for my boots, but it does make me feel um, a little like chuffed that this little nerdy, human who was had a you know kind of tough time in school is like this you know in this tiny little community is seen as such a like little sex kind of human that people are like oh he's so sexy it's Mm. like yeah I'm just a nerd you know five foot one with my uh with my nerdy life just trying to be a sexy man on stage for whomever thinks he's hot (laughs) (laughs) it makes me feel special but um but yeah some audiences can be the other side of that is is it's hard when um, the other gender affirming part that is also hard is the other day on at Pride I was walking through Northridge heading home, and these like this group of men like yelled slurs at me. But the funniest part was it like it was like a slur for gay men, and I was like, "Do you think I'm a gay man? My beat is on fire tonight." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Like, they yeah. really think I'm a man. And it felt really good about, while also feeling yuck because it was a group of men who could have beaten me up and that would have sucked. But the other thing is just people try to grab your costume. They try to touch mm. your costume. They try to hug you. They try to grab. I had someone try to pull a cowboy hat off my head at a club recently. And because I had a rope around it, it like, clotheslined me and, oh. like, pulled my neck. And I was just like, what? And I like, whipped around. I was like, what? Like, I had this frown on my face. And they're like, sorry. And they're like, can I wear it? And I was like, no. And it's like, not because I'm not friendly, but because I put this hat on your head. You're drunk. You're off. I'm like, yeah. bye, cowboy hat. It was nice to see yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I will say with the whole um, when, like, gay men give you compliments. Yeah. I did have a night I was doing at the court, and whilst I was reforming, I hear 
uh, audience member be like, what the fuck is this? Where's the drag queen? Like, like whilst I'm performing, I'm in my element, feeling sexy as all hell. And I'm like, and they were just like, but they were filming whilst they were also saying shit about my performance. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going because I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. Like, like, who cares? And then I was like feeling a little bit bad about it. I'm like, it's one person. And then I think, I can't remember who was on that night. One of the hosts was like, how sexy was Jackson? But I'm like, yeah, I was sexy. I was definitely, and I was like, that just takes everything out. So oh, I was yeah. like, who cares about a one audience member when this yeah. other drag queen thinks I'm sexy? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. It makes yeah. you feel like, 10 feet tall when the drag queens are like this next performance so sexy and you're like yeah and I I stand next to them and like they're like three feet taller than me and I'm like yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) compliments from gay men can be like the most uplifting things compliment I got from a from a gay man one time I was in connections and I was just like I I had my joke book on me my joke book usually goes wherever I go and I was just dawdling around and this guy a very butch kind of gay dude he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man. He's like, I'm not hitting on you because I'm here with my boyfriend. But oh. uh, I just thought you should know. You're very fucking handsome. And just, <laughs> like, just the way he said that, like... So respectful. I know. I was like, it's be like, man... And it's like, normally people hitting on me or complimenting me makes me so uncomfortable, but, like, that was really fucking nice, you know? Yeah. Just the way he wrapped that up with, it's like, I'm not hitting on you, but, yeah. like, his whole persona is, like, fully butch. Like, yeah. you never would have known this guy was gay if he yeah. didn't say he had a boyfriend. I just love you know? that. I just love that. <laughs> Like, and that, that was word for word what he said. Like, you're very fucking handsome. Yeah, you're bloody good looking man. Yeah, get your cock out, son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to bend over. Don't get too soon. Uh. <laughs> and that's another good bit, though. Like, in like if we ever get that sitcom, man, I will. I would love to do an animated series on Netflix someday. But that would be the other... Justin Sider, would you be a character on my animated series someday? An animated series? Yeah. Shit, yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds fun. I feel like that would be one of the funniest things ever. Like, <laughs> a, a confused lesbian. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, walking down the street and a mob of dudes going, Hey, you fucking... Yeah. And you're like, you think I look like a dude? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so, so... Such a weird moment of just being like, yeah. I'm sad, but also happy. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But no, just like. You just going proudly to your girlfriend and it's like, darling, these dudes called me a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just, yeah. The, the touching though is a tricky one because it's like, yeah. I never want to come across as being unfriendly. And I love that mm. elbow bumps are now a thing because it's like people are less weirded out when you're like, let's elbow bump. Um, because our costumes are so expensive and sometimes delicate like I've oh, got yeah so I'm much a fucking high value on my onesie yeah people still feel the need to fuck around with it yeah it's like people pull on the tail people like want to play with the horn and I'm like no this is a fucking presentation yeah. okay yeah. it's like just they, all they have to do is go can I touch your horn and you go nah mate yeah. and they go no worries and then that's the end of the conversation yeah it's not that hard it's like the, the tail is the bit that gets me because it's yeah. like I, it's like dude I did not see you coming it's like it's held on with fabric so yeah. it's not like it's the strongest thing in the world and your whole and bum hole could be hanging out exactly and it's like do you go fucking pulling a dog's tail no like no it's like I'm not fucking much better than one of those animals so it's like please show me the same courtesy mm, that's you it. know that's it it's like I probably hold those 
animals in a higher regard than myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. the dogs are pretty good. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty yeah, yeah. great. Um, aha, we're coming into plugs. Oh. Is there anything you guys would like to promo? You can go first. I know you've got the Dickless show coming up. Yeah. Um, this episode uh, plugs, will air on yeah. Tuesday. I've never actually yeah. been asked to like plug before, like the words plug. So, um, I mean, not in this context at least. Yeah, so you can find me on, on Instagram. Justin Cider King is my, is my username and on TikTok. And on if you're old, you can find me on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, I'm about to go on tour I'm going to Nam, um, and I'm going to the Sydney Mardi Gras Parade, and I'm going to Albany or Mianjin, not Mianjin, I'm so sorry, Kinjaling, um, and my brain was like running through all the cities and in my head, and I was like, where am I going next? Um, so yeah, so I'm going to Nam, I'm going to the Sydney Mardi Gras Parade, I'm going to Albany or Kinjaling, and um, you can see my show Dickless. Um, but yeah, the best place to find me is just to find me on social media and then you'll see where my next shows are. Um, that's, that's me. That was very awkward plug. Very Thanks quick. for listening. You said Nam. Yeah. That's Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant Vietnam and I was about no. to come in with a down down In conclusion, follow me on social media yes. and you'll find out all the things. Yes. Go but follow yeah. Justin Sider. Uh, he is an amazing performer and, uh, yeah, he, him pronouns. That's me, yeah. 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 <laughs> and now Jackson Coke. Now, I know yes. you've got some shit coming up. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, so, yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's Jackson with an X. Yes. Um, Coke. X. No. <laughs> <laughs> just one X. <laughs> we don't talk about them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Jackson Coke on Instagram and Jackson Coke Drag King on TikTok. Um, uh, what shows? Uh, next Friday, the 23rd, got the Christmas show at Cherry Bomb, Lucy's Love Shack. Yeah. And then I'm doing for Fringe, I've got Big Time Burley Q. Uh, make appearance in that and also Kings of Boylesque I'm doing a guest spot I believe it's the Saturday night and some spots of the artist bar I believe is also happening um, you can also find me doing a few spots at the court um, a few of the Friday nights uh, yeah at the beginning of the year and then uh, gigs later in the year, which I do not remember the dates for them, but yes, I think Albany Pride and a few other things. Nice. Yes, nice. Come together, Peace but yeah, days. but yeah. Follow me on Instagram, and I will be posting when events come up. You know, get out and uh, watch Jackson Coke pump up the jam. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fingering that jam. Oh. Genius, genius, comedic genius. Um, I will be plugging my friend shows, guys. You're probably tired of me saying it at this point, but fuck you, I'll say it anyway. Um, It's the 28th of January, 10th of February, and 16th of February at the 21st Amendment in Leaderville, Professionally Anal Degenerates show. Again, I know it's the name of my brand, and it's the image of my brand, but it's technically not my show. It's David Morgan Brown's show. David Morgan Brown is the organiser for the show, and we have Chris Petrullo on MC, Saadi Chalabi, Omar, Robbie Brooks, and Martin Darcy. We're also going to couple, have a couple of guest performers in uh, on a few nights, and I will let you know those guests 
in the next episode because then they will be confirmed. So, guys, that is it. 21st Amendment in Leaderville. The show will be happening. We have 100 seats available. I don't know how many tickets we've sold already, but I feel like we've already sold a few, uh, judging from what people have said. So get in quick and see what's available. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Naming of the episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I need another coffee. Um, now, Justin, mm-hmm. so something I like to do on this episode is I like to get uh, guests' help on naming the episode. Usually a play on these, uh, on the names. Now, what do you feel like? I feel like something along the lines of Coke Insider. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, something about being like a chaser, like, you know, like chasing your Jackson Coke with a cider. I don't know. I, I don't know what these titles are normally like. I feel like mm. I'm a bit ill-equipped in this situation. Um. <laughs> could could be like Coke Insider. I don't know. I don't know. I'm it sorry. Something like... <laughs> Coke key, unlock cider. Maybe. No, that's a rough one. Oh, God damn. God damn. God damn. <laughs> We've both got, like, drink names. <gasps> no, let's have a, let's have a, let's have a, a, a play on your axe. I was going to say, like, a okay. tall drink of Coke and cider or something. That's a good one. Yeah. Could also be, because I'm quite, and, like, even when you're out of drag, can I say it's very much like with a with a kind of like checkered and the boots, very much kind of like steampunk gypsy. <laughs> like getting very much a steampunk vibe from you. Okay. And so I feel like we could call the episode Steampunk Garlic Bread. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's so bizarre. People are going to be like, who's this about? Uh, yeah. Steampunk Garlic steampunk. Bread. I never had that one before. That's uh, cool. Nice. I can't just be me saying that. Jackson, please tell me you see it too. In the image I showed you. Yeah, I feel like at this point I just see Justin's like Justin outfits as Justin's like that's just Justin's style now. Mm. <laughs> Related to anything else. Love it's that. now Justin's style. Justin's style. <laughs> Justin. I still love that image of a lesbian being confused. <laughs> <laughs> So Copyright, just inside. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So, are you happy with that? Steampunk garlic bread? Sure, yeah, sounds good. Steampunk. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys, this has been Steampunk Garlic Bread with my amazing guests, Justin Sider and Jackson.